Yeah, sign in books at the end of the rows and pass them down. Signing in, that would be great for us. We appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Reach Church. Morning. So if kids want to head back, they can do that now. Otherwise, let's pray. So pray with me. Father, we thank you that you give us you give us thousands of reasons to praise you. And Father, that that those reasons are there when we even when we cannot see them and we when we don't want to see them, you give us reasons to, to praise you. And so Father, I, I praise you this morning. I praise you for the grace that you have given us, the mercy that you've shown us, the love that you've shown us in Jesus Christ. And Father, as we talk about your law, and we talk about the Ten Commandments this morning, I ask that we would see these, these commandments as an extension of your grace that you have given us in Jesus. That this is the path to, to freedom and to, to victory in Christ. And Father, I ask that you would help us to, to receive these commandments through grace and in light of who you are and our great love for you and as, as more than just commandments, but as promises. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are done with Jehoshaphat. Pam, Pam was telling me that she wished we could do more in Jehoshaphat, but there is nothing more in Jehoshaphat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we can't invent scripture. So uh, sorry, sorry, Pam. I know that's what you were asking for, but not this time. Um, instead, instead, we are moving to talk about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. We're going to talk about that uh, through all of summer um, for 11 weeks. Not quite 10 weeks. Uh, I'll talk about that soon. But as you know, this is a, a very familiar passage of Scripture. That this is the, in, in many people's regards, the, the foundation of the Judeo-Christian faith. It's, it's these ten laws that everyone knows, and that, that unfortunately, we know so well, it can actually kind of, the things that we don't, that we know too well can actually mess us up. Because they're so familiar, there's so many opinions about them, it's more like common knowledge, we haven't really studied them very well. So that there's, there's misconceptions about the Ten Commandments, that, that these are just the minimum base level to be a good person. All right, there are people who think that. Maybe we think that. Maybe that these commandments are, are just very simplistic and that there's nothing behind them. These are just God kind of baseline rules. My hope is to show you that it's, it's much more than that. And the weird thing is that they, they look very much like every other set of rules. That every other nation, every other religion generally believes in Ten Commandments. You shouldn't lie, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't commit adultery. And so we can kind of start to believe that these Ten Commandments are, are boring, are rote, are just what everyone's supposed to believe, and therefore we kind of disregard them. And my hope is that, that this morning and throughout this series, we can, we can look deeper and see kind of the larger themes of Scripture that, that wash over the Ten Commandments. We can put them in their context and then look at them throughout, throughout all redemptive history and and see how they're different in Jesus. 
And that's where their series is not called the Ten Commandments. It's called the Ten Promises. That through Jesus and because of, of these being the commandments of, of a real God who has a real relationship with us, these aren't just things that we're supposed to do. These are just actually promises that will be fulfilled in our lives. That the Ten Commandments will become our character. That Jesus makes sure of that. Because honestly, like, commandments, commandments are good. But, but can't, commandments are weak. Now, how many things do you know that you're supposed to do in a week? <laughs> you know you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to floss every day. <laughs> you know, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to eat healthy. You're supposed to never eat sugar. You're supposed to go work out. Oh, is Tar going to get me on that one? <laughs> Just JR. JR might get me on that one. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all the things you're supposed to do. And that's where we all have kind of a consensus on that. And we can have lots of commandments. We know all the commandments. But the problem isn't with the commandments. The problem is we can't do them. And we don't need 10 commandments. We don't need 100 commandments. We don't need 1,000 commandments. We need promises that we will be given commandments and be able to do them. And that's the exciting thing about the work of Jesus. Is he doesn't just give us commandments. He give us the, gives us the power to do them. So we're going to be looking at the Ten Commandments, but today we're not looking at, at specifically the Ten Commandments. We are looking at the preface. The preface to the Ten Commandments, which, which is going to set us up so that we can say that these are promises and not just laws. Without this first statement, this would just evolve into the same laws over and over. All right, so we're going to see three things about the Ten Commandments today. Three things that set them apart, that make them unique. These are not just normal laws. All right, first... The Ten Commandments are personal. They are personal. Second, they are historical. And third, they are covenantal. Now, I know that doesn't mean anything to you right now, but we're going to get to it, so you're, you're okay. They are personal, they are historical, they are covenantal. That these three truths about the Ten Commandments make them promises through nothing but Jesus. All right, so let's turn to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. I feel kind of silly turning to Exodus 20 because it's only two verses, but that's okay. Exodus 20, verses 1 and 2. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is God's word. All right. Um, so, verse one just sets us up. These are, these are words directly spoken from God. And verses two through 17, they're, they're one quotation. One quotation but God doesn't immediately launch into the commandments. Instead, instead he puts this, this statement, this preface, this overall encompassing, he sets it in a context. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. All right, first of all, 
The Ten Commandments are personal. The Ten Commandments are personal. I am the Lord your God. All right. You cannot rip the Ten Commandments out of their context. You cannot rip them out of their context. And the reality is that this is the Lord God speaking to his people. To his people. And notice, what, what is he called there? He says, he says, I am the Lord. All right, look closely at your Bibles. Look really, really closely at that word Lord. All right, it's capitalized in all caps. All right, I don't like that they do this, but this is a, this is a code in the Bible that they put in there uh, to, to get us away from potential problems. But what this means, it, it's, this is the four-letter name of God. This is Yahweh. This is Yahweh. That's what that means, that, that capital Lord. And this is, the, this is the personal name of God that he revealed to Moses that they didn't know his name, that Moses said, okay, if, I, if I'm going to deliver these people, who do I say is doing it? And he said, Yahweh, the I am. That is my name. And that is who is talking here. This personal God who has had personal interactions with his people, his chosen people. Now, why is that so important? All right, these cannot just be these, these 10 kind of vague out there commandments for all, all, everyone in all of life. It's just not true to what, what scripture says. That these are actually 10 specific, specific responses of the one true God to his people. Now, what does that mean? That means we, we can't just throw around these 10 commandments. We, we need to give them to the right people. They need to be given to the people who, who claim this God as theirs, who have seen the redemption, who know him as the Lord, who know him as their God. And that's where I think we are, we are too quick to give people the commandments and not the God who is giving them. That we love the commandments more than we might love this personal God and talking about what he has done for us and what he has done for his people. All right. But there's another aspect where this is personal. And this is pretty important. So God, God, is, God is speaking here, and he is speaking about his character. That when we see the Ten Commandments, these, these are not just these, these laws that he's, he's pulled out of the air so that he can test us to see if we're, we're going to be good enough. No, in each of these commandments, we are seeing the heart and character of God. That these commandments are personal. And that if you love this God, then you're going to love his commandments. Because his commandments reveal who he really is. So it's saying he tells something like, okay, do not murder. Do not murder. It's not just saying that murder is bad. This is the God of life. The God of creation. The God who gives life and protects life and takes life. Now, we don't get to do that. And if we love this God of life, then we are not going to become people of death. Now, you shall not commit adultery. This is a God who is faithful, who is committed to his people, 
who doesn't have someone on the side who is 100% in this relationship for the long haul. These commandments reveal who Jesus is, reveal who God is. And that's where, that's where I think it can be hard because we, we want to push the Ten Commandments. We want to tell people the Ten Commandments. But we're asking people to do things that don't make any sense to them. That if you don't love God, if you don't love Yahweh, if Yahweh is not your Lord, then why would you do these commandments? That they have other gods that they're worshiping and, and they have their own commandments. Now I think of, I think of okay, so you're worshiping the, the God of pleasure, the God of pleasure. What are the commandments of the God of pleasure? All right, is it, is it thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie? Now what is it? Thou shalt not get caught, all right? You know, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you lie and you steal, as long as it works, as long as it works. And as long as you're, you're true to yourself and as long as, as long as you don't go overboard and ruin the fun time, maybe as long as no one gets hurt. All right, there, there are their own laws. And that's where, do not dissect the Ten Commandments from the God who gives them. That we are in relationship with this Lord and we love these commandments because we love God and his character. Now, how do, we, how do we update this? And Okay, so this was way back when. How do we think about this as, as believers here and now? As believers here and now. These commandments are the character of Jesus. They're the character of Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you should love these commandments because these commandments embody everything that Jesus is about. And vice versa, if you hate these commandments and you find these commandments oppressive, then you're not really loving Jesus. Or maybe you have this false idea of who Jesus is that's devoid of the commandments. They're just not fitting together. All right. So challenge us. Over the course of these next 10 weeks, we're going to look at how these are the personal character of God. Go back and look at the Ten Commandments and think about, okay, what, what does this show us about this, this Yahweh, this God, who has chosen this people. Why does he care about these 10 things more than other things? And I also want you to think, okay, if these, are, if these are embodying his character, it's not about just these 10 very specific rules that we're just not trying to murder each other. All right, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to actually embody the character of the God of life and bring life to people and bless people with greater life and more life. It's incredibly superficial if we just then turn it into, these are just 10 rules I need to meet. No, this is the character that I want to embody because I love Jesus and because he loves me. These commandments are personal, very personal. Cool? I feel like I can ask like, if there's questions. <laughs> but I'm not going to. No, put your hands down. All right. Um, all right. You, you have a question, Casey? No, okay. It would be fun. All right. <laughs> I'm too scared of you, though. Uh, <laughs> all right. Ten commandments. They're, they're, they're personal. They're personal. They're also historical. 
they are historical. All right, so these, these, ten, these 10 laws were not just thrown out there in, in, in no, no context. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now, what is important about that? These commandments are the people of God after they have been saved, after they have been rescued. And so when these people receive these laws, they're not, they're not just receiving them as 10 vague rules. That the context of receiving this is, is that they were enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. And then they saw God show up. And they saw, they saw darkness fall over the earth and yet light in, in their little village. That they saw the water turn to blood, but their water didn't turn to blood. They saw the firstborn killed of every Egyptian, but not of theirs. That these are the people who, who walked across the Red Sea and watched it devour the soldiers of Egypt, who were led by the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, who were fed the manna from heaven, who got water from the rock, who were provided day in and day out by this Yahweh, their Lord. That they have a context and it's the grace of God upon them. And it's not like they were doing like a great job the whole way. No, they were whiny and they all wanted to, to run away and abandon God. And Moses just wanted to kill them all, literally like to swallow them up and take care of them. They received grace ahead of time. And it's only after they receive this great salvation that they're given the law. Now that's, that's really, really important. You cannot do the law first. If you try to do the law first, you're going to fail at the law, you're going to hate the law. Because all the power is in the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. When King Jehoshaphat when King Jehoshaphat wanted everyone to go to battle, not fighting, but singing his praises, what did he do? He reminded them of what God did in Egypt. That this is the God who saves first. Who saves first, and that's the power behind our, our obedience. That's the power. And the more we remember that, the more we will actually be obedient and have power to do these things. Now, what does this mean for us? All right, you should probably shouldn't get most excited about the Exodus. That your statement should rather be, I am the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, your God, who came and died and rose again to bring you out of the place of judgment, out of sin and death. That it's the cross that came before that before you ever considered obedience, before it was even given to you, before you even knew the law, Jesus Christ had died for your sins. That salvation comes first. And all of this obedience is only in response. So that God could prove to you first that, that, his, that obedience to him is not oppression. It is not ruining your life. It is giving you grace it is giving you freedom. It is giving you an opportunity to have 
to have more blessing than you had before. The Ten Commandments are, are personal. The Ten Commandments are historical. All right, third. This one's probably the most important. The, the Ten Commandments are covenantal. Covenantal. All right, so uh, let's talk some ancient Near Eastern history kind of stuff. Fun, fun. <laughs> Give me an insight. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, uh, so God saved his people, and then he does, he does this ancient Near Eastern pattern. He creates a covenant with his people. A covenant with his people. And what this looks like, this is a treaty. A treaty that he makes with his people. You can think of it kind of like a, a king makes with his vassals. He recruits them, they are on his team, and they sign a contract. And the contract starts with a reminder of how good the king is. He starts by saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm the God, the Lord. This is who I am. I am the king. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. All right, I'm a good king. And then he gives what he wants them to do. What he wants them to do, which is these commandments. These commandments. And the condition is, if you do the commandments, you will get blessing. You'll get greater freedom. That you won't just be delivered from Egypt, you'll be delivered from every sin, you'll be delivered from every oppressor. But if you don't do it, you'll get the curses. And you'll fall back into slavery, you'll fall back into oppression, you'll fall back into suffering. And there's a choice presented before them. Remember, this is still the case that, that the Lord saved ahead of time. But he creates this treaty and says, okay, blessings and curses are dependent upon your obedience. Now, what do we think of that? All right, he's giving them the path to, to blessing, the path to greater freedom. The problem is that their hearts are wicked. And as much as we might want to do the commandments, as much as they wanted to do the commandments, they wanted to love God, they love sin more. And they could not do it. And they found themselves put back into slavery. They found themselves under the curse. That they couldn't stay free. Because though they were physically free, they were still spiritually enslaved. Now, how do we think about that now? All right, we are still told to be obedient to these commandments. And that if we are obedient to the end, we will find the blessings that come with it. And we're also told that if you totally ignore these commandments, you will find curses. You'll be cursed in this life. And without, without true obedience, we will not make it to heaven. Now, does that mean then that, okay, it's just the same, the same rules. I need to try hard. I need to make sure I don't break the covenant. And that's where there, there's, there's one difference. That was the old covenant. This is the new one. Last week we took communion and, and what did we say? We said this is the, the new covenant in my blood. 
and that Jesus came and he gave a better covenant. Because this covenant came with a gift. This covenant came with the Holy Spirit. And he promised that by the power in the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, he would make us obedient. And that the Holy Spirit would turn these Ten Commandments into promises. Promises that you will look like Jesus. You will be like him. That if the Ten Commandments characterize Jesus, you will be like Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will make you like Jesus. It is not a condition anymore, it's a promise. It is a promise. All right, so what do we do with this? What do we do with this? First John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is that the promise is we will be like Jesus. We will have his character. All right, so what do we do with this? What is the, what is the practical takeaway? If we're going to be obedient to these commandments, we need to love Jesus. We need to love his character. We need to see that we have a personal relationship with these, with these commandments. They are not just thrown out there. This is the character of Jesus. And that we love them because we love Jesus Christ. All right. Second. Second, I'm forgetting. So, you've gotten grace already. And so we come from this with, with the promise that, that you have already been redeemed, you have already been saved. Everything has already been done by Jesus, He's fulfilled every single commandment already. But then on top of that, third, it's the the Holy Spirit is working in you and he will make your heart change and make you fulfill it, not just because Jesus did it, because you will do it too. And that's where we have this shaky promise. Okay, well, will I get there? Will I break the covenant? Yes, but the Holy Spirit will fulfill it. He will change your heart. He will fulfill it for you. He promises to change our hearts. Do we have the faith to believe that? Do we have the faith to really believe the Holy Spirit is there? Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would give us a, a larger view of these commandments that, that they'd be transformed through Jesus. That this is the character of Jesus. This is this is the work of Jesus, that he has fulfilled these commandments, and Father, that, that you will fulfill them in us through the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. <coughs> Father, I ask that as we go through these, uh, these commandments, we would not be burdened, we would not be oppressed by them, we would not be enslaved to them, but we would see them as an opportunity for greater freedom in Jesus and a way to manifest his character Father, a way to, to respond to the grace that has already been given to us. So Father, I ask that you would give us insight into your character and, and what you're doing in these commandments. But Father, I also pray that we would go out and, and share this with our community. 
that the law is not oppressive, but that Jesus gives us everything that we need to obey. And he has given us more than enough. Father, would you be merciful to us as we look at your commandments? And would you give us the things that we lack? Holy Spirit, would you fill us up that we may have an obedience that is supernatural, that only can you can give in Jesus.